This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the number one daily fantasy sports app. Oh my goodness. Good morning, good afternoon. Whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports, episode 628. Welcome in. Uh, not going to lie to you, I, I've recorded the intro to this podcast like, man, five times. I, I was nervous as all get out. Don't know why. I've done over 627 of these podcasts. I don't know why I felt like today, suddenly I can't handle the stress of talking into a microphone by myself, but I... Uh, today, I was like nervous as all get out. Then I was like overheating. I had a sweatshirt on. I took a sweatshirt on or off. Then I put it back on. Then I took it off again. I think we're going to settle into this one being like, this is the setup. This shirt, no sweatshirt. Uh, I've done like way too many takes. Let's jump in. Let's talk about sports. Um, it was a, I thought, really fun weekend of football. We had the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, meaning we had, well, I guess, first of all, let me say, as I look back at the weekend, I don't know which game was my favorite game. I think the NFC was really strong. I really enjoyed Tampa, Detroit. Probably was my favorite game of the weekend. But man, Green Bay really, I thought, competed really well against the 49ers. And I think you could even argue that Green Bay lost rather than the 49ers won. We'll talk about all that in a moment. Before we do anything, though, I got to tell you about our first sponsor of the day, Prize Picks is the number one daily fantasy sports app. Prize Picks allows you to make an entry based on player projections, and in 60 seconds, you could enter something like Lamar Jackson throwing for over 250 yards, Debo Samuel having more than 100 yards receiving, and maybe Brock Purdy throwing more than two interceptions. If your picks are right, you can win money. Making picks makes watching games more engaging, and you could turn something like $5 into $50. Price Picks offers quick and easy deposits. You can even use Apple Pay, and they have weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. For example, there's a weekly event called Taco Tuesday where each Tuesday, Price Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. So put your skills to the test in daily fantasy. Go to prizepicks.com slash CLNS. Use code CLNS for a first deposit match up to $100. That is prizepicks.com slash CLNS. Code CLNS for a first deposit match up to $100. Prizepicks. Daily fantasy made easy. All right, let's jump in. Um... Oh, I want to say, by the way, we haven't done Song of the Week in a long while. Like, maybe like, I don't know, six, seven episodes, which adds up. That's like almost two months now. Um, song of the Week this week is Beautiful, Th- Beautiful Things by Benson Barnes. Oh, my goodness. I've been listening to this song an endless repeat. I love it. It's incredible. I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, it's like slow for like a, the first minute of the song. And then he just goes, he goes really hard, and it's awesome. I cannot recommend it. Beautiful Things by Benson Barnes. What a song. Let's jump in, though. The Ravens beat Houston in the first divisional round playoff game of the weekend. The Ravens beat Houston 34-10. to It was 10-10 to at halftime. I, man, the first half of this game was awesome. The second half of this game was also actually enjoyable to watch, uh, but we saw the Ravens pull farther ahead and really 
you know, kind of dominate in the second half. In fact, in the fourth quarter, they scored like, I think 17 points and really just pulled away. Um, and I don't have any grief for Houston. I think the fact that the Houston Texans were even in this game at all, they won a playoff game. They were not expected to beat Baltimore. Baltimore is the, I would argue, it's weird seeing like playoff rankings come out now. People are saying, who is the best team left in the playoffs? A lot of people are saying the 49ers are the best team left in the NFL. I, I could not disagree more. I don't know how you look at what Baltimore has done this year and don't feel like the Ravens are easily by far the best team in football. Um, like, did you watch them destroy the uh, the Detroit Lions earlier this year? The Ravens beat the Lions like 38 to six or something crazy. I mean, I remember that game going like, oh, that's a wake up call, right? And now we're down to the final four teams. One of them is Detroit. And that's a team Baltimore annihilated earlier this year. Baltimore's incredible. They're so good. Lamar Jackson is a ton of fun to watch. They ran the ball well. Lamar Jackson had 100 yards rushing. He also had two touchdown passes with 16 for 22 passing at 152 yards. Uh, the Ravens right now are my favorite to win the Super Bowl. I kind of am rooting for them too, actually. I really like Lamar. And watching Lamar, where he's come from, the ways he's been overlooked in his career. Lamar Jackson was the guy who got passed up by 31 NFL teams, was the last pick of the 2018 draft class. A lot of quarterbacks were picked ahead of him. Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Josh Allen. Lamar Jackson was the forgotten one. Lamar Jackson is also the guy who was made available this offseason and nobody made a move to go get him. You could have had him on your team. Nobody wanted him, right? The fact that Lamar Jackson has won an NFL MVP, might win another one this year. He's unbelievably talented, and he's m probably going to go to a Super Bowl this year. Makes me happy. So I look at Lamar. I'm rooting for Lamar. Not the Ravens, necessarily, although I don't have anything against them. I love John Harbaugh, their coach. But Lamar Jackson is the reason why I would really like to see the Ravens win a Super Bowl this year. That would be really, really special and really, really cool. But before we move on, we, we have to give credit to Houston, man. Um, I I don't know how you don't look at the year Houston had and walk away impressed, feeling great. C.J. Stroud had an unbelievable year. Rookie quarterback who led his team to a playoff appearance, won a playoff game, um, won the division as a rookie. Like It goes on and on. The more things you say about C.J. Stroud, the more you feel good about him. Great leader, super poised, incredibly mature. Oh, by the way, they got a first-year head coach, D'Amico Ryans in Houston, who was once drafted by the Houston Texans, played for the organization. Defensive head coach, Bobby Slowick, this awesome offensive uh, coordinator in Houston. I love everything about what went on in Houston this year, especially with the context of what happened with the last franchise quarterback in Houston. We'll, we'll leave it there. For them to have a guy who seems like I don't know how you don't look at C.J. Stroud and just love him. In fact, if you, the more you learn about C.J. Stroud, the more you should like him. Dude's dad is in prison. He's overcome a ton of stuff. C.J. Stroud, I encourage you, go listen to an interview with him. Listen to C.J. Stroud speak. He is so mature. He is so wise. I love the guy. Oh, and by the way, he's an incredible football player, too. I kind of, I think it's so cool when a guy, the intersection of great person meets great football player, and you get both in C.J. Stroud. I love it. And, uh, you know, the Houston Texans lost by 24 points in their playoff game. Um, they had, it was a tie game at halftime, and I think that, that says a lot, man. The fact that 
that's enough for me. I got no grief for Houston. No one expected them to win. It was close for a, a half, and that's incredible to me. So tip of the cap at Houston. What a great year they had. And uh, man, if you're a Houston Texans fan, I'm just happy for you. You can wear CJ Stroud jerseys for the next 10 years and feel really good about wearing it. The name on the jersey is one you can be proud of. The guy is awesome. Oh, and by the way, he's an incredible football player too. The 49ers beat the Packers 24 to 21. And this was Saturday night. Uh, how do I say this properly? I I felt like the Green Bay Packers lost more than the 49ers won. Here's what I mean by that. This was a winnable game for Green Bay. They had a couple missed opportunities, couple turnovers, uh, a missed field goal, a two interceptions at the end of the game in the second half, one that bounced off a receiver's hands, went in the air. One was a terrible decision by Jordan Love. It was a game that, I, <laughs> first of all, I can't believe, I cannot believe Green Bay was as in this game as they were. I thought this was going to be likely a blowout. I thought it might be like 45 to 7. I thought the 49ers were going to wipe the floor playing at home against Green Bay. Not only did Green Bay compete, hang in the game, almost win. I think in many moments they're, they were better coached. They looked like the better team. I don't know how it's possible because we know how talented the 49ers are. We also know they got a great coach, Kyle Shanahan. So really the takeaway from this playoff game and really the entire year for the Green Bay Packers is the future is really, really exciting. I cannot wait for the future of Matt LaFleur, the head coach, an offensive head coach, a guy that you're never going to have to replace because he works with quarterbacks and he's a quarterback guy. You got a young quarterback, Jordan Love. They work really well together. And hey, weirdly enough, a lot of people hate on the uh, the Packers defensive coordinator. I thought towards the end of the year, the the Packers defense, excuse me, the Packers defense got better and better and better and actually played fairly well in the two playoff games they played this year. The future for the Green Bay Packers is incredibly, incredibly exciting. They won a playoff game. I look ahead now and you're like, well, Detroit or Green Bay? Who's got a better future? I think I think for the next couple of years, Detroit and Green Bay are going to battle each other. What's happened in Detroit is that Dan Campbell, the head coach, has built a really, really impressive culture. But who's more talented, Jordan Love or Jared Goff? I think the Packers have a younger, more talented quarterback than Detroit has. They're building. They are growing. And I can't wait to see where Jordan Love is going to be five years from now. He really does. Man, the way he spins the football is incredible. His arm talent is unbelievable. Uh, he, he made a couple throws where you're like, I just, it's so effortless for the guy. He's so, so good at throwing the football. And uh, man, I, I just, I think the future is really exciting. And I remember earlier this year when a lot of people, my, I, I doubted Jordan Love at times. So I was like, hey, he's got, I, I remember saying like, he's got to play better. But I tried to tell people, be patient. Let's see what happens. And Jordan Love solidified himself as a Green Bay Packers quarterback this year. Won a playoff game, goes to the 49ers, loses by three points, has a really good game. I know he had two interceptions. One was a, a, like a high throw on a check down. They got tipped in the air. The second interception was a really bad one in the fourth quarter. But for Jordan Love to go to the to San Francisco, play the 49ers on the road, lose by three, and at times look like the better quarterback with a better team 
says a lot about Jordan Love. I think Jordan Love, the future is incredibly bright. I'm really excited. Now, we got to talk about the ugly thing, though. We all know how gifted and talented the 49ers are. They've got players everywhere. Good offensive line, good defensive line, receivers, players, and dudes all over the field on the 49ers roster that can play football at a really high level. Unfortunately, I think the weak point we saw in the division around hosting Green Bay was their young quarterback, Brock Purdy. Now, there's a lot of things we got to say here because I'm not attacking Brock Purdy. I don't think you can walk away from this year and last year combined and not respect Brock Purdy as a quarterback. He makes really good decisions. He's accurate, plays with great anticipation, does a lot of little things really well. But here's what Brock Purdy is not. Brock Purdy's not one of the best quarterbacks in football. Brock Purdy, he's awesome. I love him. Um, He's not a superstar. And part of what makes Brock Purdy exciting, actually, is how cheap he is. You can pay Brock Purdy very little, get pretty good quality quarterback play out of him, and then pay everyone around him. The minute Brock Purdy wants or demands a new contract, there is going to be a problem in San Francisco. Because then you're going to have a guy who's more like Dak Prescott, who, remember Dak Prescott, the Cowboys quarterback, monumentally overpaid for a guy who isn't one of the top five quarterbacks in football. And Brock Purdy, is he top 10? I'm not sure. Like, I really, I, he's really good. He does a lot of stuff I respect. That's a, that's a legitimate question. Is Brock Purdy a top 10 quarterback? I, I'm, I'm not sure. Let's, I mean, we can think about it. Who, who are the top 10 quarterbacks in football right now? I, I'll, I'll give you a couple that he's definitely not better than. He's not better than Matthew Stafford. He's not better than Kirk Cousins. He's not better than Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, C.J. Stroud, Jared Goff, Jordan Love, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. I mean, I just said a lot of quarterbacks. I haven't even reached, I mean, Jalen Hurts. Who's better, Jalen Hurts or Brock Purdy? That's a legitimate conversation. Tua, see what I'm saying? Brock Purdy is kind of the conversation with Tua and Jalen Hurts, where you're like, ah, oh, we don't love him. Don't give him way too much money, but he can win, do some good stuff with the right pieces around him. I don't know. I, I, I What we saw that really concerned me about Brock Purdy in the Packers playoff game was he struggled with the wet football, in the rain, in the cold. And it's not the first time I've seen Brock Purdy with a wet football kind of struggle to throw. Again, no, no shade. I, I love the guy. He's an amazing story. He should be a franchise quarterback, should be a starting quarterback at minimum. He's not a top 10 quarterback, in my opinion. And now we're learning, hey, when it rains, Brock Purdy's not that great. He kind of struggles to throw the wet football. You don't love that. And I, I really wonder, in fact, if you're a 49er fan, you better pray that next week in the NFC title game in San Francisco, it's not a wet day in the Bay Area. Because if it's raining, ugh, are the 49ers going to win? Can they win with Brock Purdy throwing the football in the rain against a really good Detroit Lions football team? I'm not sure. But I was shocked. I could not believe how competitive and close this game was. The Packers and the 49ers, this was supposed to be a blowout. This was supposed to be a game that the 49ers win easily. And I think what you're going to hear, I would imagine, is, well, the 49ers had... 
a bye week last week. They didn't play a lot of their starters week 18. There's going to be, I think, excuse making happening. So you take two weeks off of football. Is that good for you or bad for you? In some ways, it's bad because you're out of rhythm and you haven't played live football in a while. But it's not like you haven't been practicing. It's not like you haven't, you forgot how to throw a football. You could also argue that the benefit to the 49ers by having a bye week last week, they were healthier, right? I think the weak point, again, for a really good 49ers team was their quarterback, Brock Purdy. I kind of, part of me hopes that Brock Purdy can win a Super Bowl this year. Just because I hate seeing the guy get a lot of, what's the right word here? A lot of disrespect. A lot of people are attacking Brock Purdy. I think you can both acknowledge you should respect him. He does a lot of high-level stuff. He's an awesome quarterback. And also acknowledge he's got flaws. He's got weaknesses. He's not perfect. Can both be true? I think they can. And uh, I walked away from this game. The, the couple balls that got away from Brock Purdy where he really struggled to throw the football in the rain. I was like, ooh, it's just, that's alarming. That's not encouraging at all. And uh, I think a big part of why this game was as close as it was was because of Brock Purdy. Another factor, though, credit to the Packers. They looked really well coached by Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love was awesome. And uh, it was just a really fun game. This game probably... Look, I, I think Detroit-Tampa was more fun because I got to watch Baker Mayfield, do I love. But this Packers 49ers game was outstanding on uh, on Saturday night and uh, really, really enjoyed it. Let's talk about the next one, though. Detroit beat Tampa 31-23 to in their playoff game. They hosted another playoff game in Detroit. They won another playoff game in Detroit. The Detroit Lions are a game away from going to the Super Bowl. Which is, uh, <laughs> man, I, I I thought I'd never see the day. I didn't think in my lifetime this would happen. I don't know that they're going to win, but we just talked about it. I think the 49ers are kind of vulnerable. Debo Samuel's banged up, not fully healthy. Brock Purdy struggling to throw in the rain. Wasn't great last week. I don't think there is a, a I don't think anyone should believe going into this weekend that Detroit does not have a shot to beat the 49ers. They definitely do. Absolutely 1,000% Detroit has a shot to beat Tampa. Or to beat the 49ers, excuse me. And uh, that's an exciting, wild thought. One that, if you told me, I don't know, two years ago, we'd be watching a really good 49ers team against Detroit in the NFC title game with Jared Goff, by the way, and I would think the the Lions actually had a shot to win, I wouldn't believe you, which is, it's just so cool to be able to say that out loud. Um, I don't have a lot to say about this game, honestly, other than I want to give a lot of credit to Tampa. What happened in Tampa this year was special and fun. We got to see Baker Mayfield revive his career. Baker Mayfield in this game against Detroit, in Detroit, 26 for 41 passing and 349 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, uh, two costly interceptions that weren't great, by the way. You could argue that Baker threw the game away. The, throws an interception at the end, gives Detroit back the football, game over. I mean, that's that's actually not even a debatable thing. That's exactly objectively what happened. The, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had the ball late with the shot to put together a touchdown drive, then a two-point conversion and tie the game. And Baker threw the game-ending interception, which is painful. That sucks. You don't love that. There's also some controversy that 
know, Todd Bowles, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coach, could have technically called a timeout, which would have forced Detroit to either kick a field goal or punt. And then there's a, a very small chance Tampa would have had the ball with 12 seconds left, down eight points, or if the field goal was made, 11 points. I think Todd Bowles should have called the timeout. Like, I think when you're in a playoff game, you do anything you possibly can to try to win, even if it kind of kind of stinks to like call a timeout when a team just kneeled and is kind of trying to end the game. I think you do whatever you can to win. And if you have the ball with 12 seconds left, down 11, you're not going to win. Down 8, you throw a Hail Mary. Maybe there's a pass interference call. Maybe you get a touchdown. Maybe you get a two-point conversion. Then you're tied in Detroit playing for a shot to play in the NFC title game. I think you call the timeout. I think it's weird that Todd Bowles tried to dismiss that idea. Well, like he made, gave some BS excuse I didn't love. End of the game, you do whatever you can. You call that timeout there. But I, I want to focus on Tampa from this aspect. First of all, it's going to come apart. What Tampa won their division this year. They went 9-8. and eight. They won a playoff game. They beat Philly. They knocked Philly out of the NFL playoffs. It was really cool to see. I count... 16 notable players in Tampa that are heading into free agency that do not have a contract for next year. Basically, their entire team is gone, <laughs> right? They're going to lose uh, their their quarterback, Baker Mayfield, probably gets a new contract in Tampa, which makes me happy. Mike Evans is their star receiver in Tampa. He's probably going to leave. In fact, if I had to tell you right now where I think Mike Evans is going to go, if I'm Mike Evans, I want to go play in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes. I want one more championship I want to play with a great quarterback again. Not that Baker isn't a good quarterback, but I want to play with a great quarterback. And remember, Tampa intentionally did not give Mike Evans a new contract before the year started. I would feel slighted. I'd be like, yeah, this is my last year. I'm out. I'm going to go compete for a Super Bowl with Kansas City or maybe Jim Harbaugh and the Chargers or Bill Belichick in Atlanta, unconfirmed, but we're hoping that's where Bill Belichick goes. I am very confident that Mike Evans is going to leave Tampa after this year, which the year is over, so he's probably gone. But it was really fun. What happened in Tampa this year, they won their division. Baker Mayfield revived his career. The guy who was drafted number one overall led the Browns to a playoff game, won a playoff game with Cleveland, which was another, similar to Detroit winning a playoff game, was a thing I thought never was going to happen in my lifetime. Then Baker gets hurt, plays through an injury, but gets replaced as a result of playing through an injury, not playing his best because he was hurt. Baker goes to Carolina. It doesn't work. They don't love him. They get rid of him. Goes to the Rams. Has a great five games that allows him to have an opportunity here in Tampa where they brought Baker Mayfield in thinking, we're not sure you're going to start, but we're going to let you compete against Kyle Trask. That was the attitude. Kyle Trask, right? How far do you have to fall to go from the number one pick to a a team not sure if you or Kyle Trask is going to be your starting quarterback week one? So Baker Mayfield won the job, had a really good year, uh, won a playoff game, led his team to a division title. It was just a fun run. I don't know what the future holds for Baker. I think he's probably going to get a new contract in Tampa and have a couple decent years there. I don't think Baker Mayfield's ever going to set the world on fire. And this might, in fact, be the only time in Tampa he wins a playoff game, actually. But I want to acknowledge how fun it was watching Baker Mayfield revive his career his second chances, whatever you want to call it, he did great. And I think that's really special. And there was a moment where in the second half of this football game, Baker and Tampa had the ball 
down a score. And I thought, you know what? He's going to put together the game-tying drive. They didn't. It didn't happen. But the fact that Baker Mayfield made me think he was going to potentially tie the game, that's a cool thing. To be in that moment, that's what I appreciate as a sports fan. When I'm watching a game and I don't know what's going to happen, but it's close, it's competitive, it's the second half, and uh, I feel like either team could win. That's what Baker Mayfield gave us in this playoff game. Makes me happy. And for him to do what he did this year is really cool. I just want to acknowledge that. Baker Mayfield, I would be surprised if he ever won a playoff game again in Tampa. He's probably going to re-sign there for like a four-year deal, $80 million, some kind of moderate, which is not moderate for you and me, but for a quarterback, a franchise quarterback in the NFL, $80 million is pretty moderate. He's going to sign like a Geno Smith-type contract where you're like, okay, that makes sense. He's... Not the highest paid, but you got some stability at quarterback. But then I don't know that Baker's going to do much with that opportunity other than probably be the starter in Tampa for like two or three years and and kind of flounder. But that being said, again, I want to acknowledge this year with Baker was really fun. It was special. It was cool. I loved rooting for him. And uh, I don't know, man. You don't always get that. You, you don't always get what you want. And Baker went to Tampa and I was hoping he would do well. Not sure if he was going to do well. He had a good year, and I'll take it. That makes me happy. I love Baker Mayfield. One of my all-time favorite college quarterbacks, a guy who walked on uh, at Texas Tech, then walked on at Oklahoma, went on to win the Heisman Trophy, and become the number one overall pick. Baker Mayfield's story, his heart, his attitude, his effort, everything. I love a lot of things about Baker Mayfield, and uh, watching him do well this year made me very, very happy. Now, uh, the final playoff game, Sunday Night Football. Actually, technically, what was it? I think Sunday Night Football was the... Because remember, NBC has Sunday Night Football. And I think the Monday Night game was technically... The Monday Night Football crew was Ravens-Houston on ESPN. And then the Sunday Night Football crew did the Saturday Night game, 49ers-Packers. I know it's weird. It makes no sense, but it is what it is. You got Chris Collinsworth Mike Tirico on Sunday night, calling a game on Saturday. Either way, we had Jim Nance and Tony Romo with CBS calling Kansas City... At Buffalo, and Kansas City beat Buffalo in Buffalo, twenty-seven to twenty-four on Sunday night. And uh, here's the story to me: watching the Bills have so many things go their way. They're the number two seed in the NFC or AFC. Excuse me, I got a text that threw me off. The Buffalo was the number two seed in the AFC. They had a home playoff game hosting Kansas City. Year. A team that's won a lot of games in a row. You're hot. You got the home field advantage. It's a must-win game for Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, and they didn't pull it off. It was really painful. And the reality now in Buffalo, this is something I've been talking about since August. I think we just hit the end of the run for Buffalo. I think the Super Bowl window absolutely closed in Buffalo. I know Bills fans are not going to like hearing that, But Josh Allen's salary, and his cap hit especially, is about to more than double. He's going to go from like an $18 million salary cap hit to a $47 million salary cap hit in Buffalo. So not only is it going to be more difficult to bring in players around Josh Allen because of how expensive Josh Allen is. Oh, by the way, their roster is aging. Their players are getting older. The window is closing or already has closed. I thought when they lost Brian Dable, it was a huge hit. 
The Bills fired their offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, midseason, which is weird and, and hard to recover from. They did. But the magical run for Buffalo ended. Once again, for like the third time in four years, Josh Allen lost a playoff game to Patrick Mahomes. Couldn't make it happen at the end. And uh, it's unfortunate. I really genuinely believe that the Buffalo Bills, as they are, cannot win a Super Bowl. They're going to have to rewire things and draft really well, make some moves. But the current group they have, it's over. The window just closed in Buffalo. Josh Allen's contract is more expensive. The players are aging. And even with home field advantage, you couldn't beat Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. It was painful. Oh, and then you hear all this nonsense, by the way, in Buffalo about Stephon Diggs being unhappy and frustrated with what's going on. Stephon Diggs had a massive throw dropped. He had a beautiful throw from Josh Allen for a deep ball. Would have been like a huge gain, set up a a huge opportunity to score with like, was it eight or six minutes left? And what happened? Stephon Diggs dropped it. It was painful. It was sad. And there's been all this drama. Stephon Diggs, we're not sure if he's happy. Does he like Josh Allen? It doesn't seem like they're playing very well together. And I and I wonder if Stephon Diggs is going to stay in Buffalo next year. Does he move this offseason? Does he demand a trade? Do we see a draft day trade where Stephon Diggs goes to? I don't know. I don't, he's not going to get traded to Kansas City, but who could use a number one receiver? I, 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 it's a genuine question. I don't know. Where could Buffalo make a trade, trading Stephon Diggs their first-round pick where they could potentially replace him? I don't know. But also, you look around at Buffalo's salary cap situation, because they're paying Josh Allen more money, should they be paying a guy like Stephon Diggs who is expensive, isn't really delivering, and maybe you could trade an AJ, make an A.J. Brown-style trade to replace him? Now, we know how well the A.J. Brown trade worked out for Tennessee, so maybe you don't want to duplicate that. But still, I wonder... What's the future for Buffalo? How many of the players that they have now are going to be there two years from now? I don't think very many. I think Josh Allen's solidified there. But other than Josh Allen, is anyone safe in Buffalo? Is the head coach even safe? <laughs> I don't think so. So, I don't know, man. We'll find out. A lot of changes I think could be coming in Buffalo. They've got a lot of things to figure out. But I, I genuinely believe the Super Bowl window with Josh Allen and the current group they have, meaning like, the core players they've had for the last five years. It's over. It just ended. And it got ended by Patrick Mahomes, which uh, not the first time if you're a Bills fan. All right. Uh, we got, let's, I want to share a word from our second sponsor of the day. Factor Meal Kits is offering 50% off to listeners of this show. Go to factormeals.com slash SOS50 and use code SOS50 to get 50% off. That's code SOS50 at factormeals.com slash SOS50 to get 50% off. Factor is a meal kit service. They send you ready-to-eat meals. They're easy to prepare. They showed up in a box with a bunch of high-quality ice packs. You put the meal kits in the fridge, and when you want food, you go to the fridge, you pick up the food, you put it in the microwave, and in about two minutes, two minutes, two and a half minutes later, you got a great meal ready to go. It's high-quality, never frozen, good ingredients, and compared to all the other options you can have for a quick and easy meal, I would say Factor Meal Kits is the best. Also, this is really interesting to me. There are so many different ways you can customize your order. Maybe you're on a diet or trying to cut calories. Maybe you want to, if you're trying to cut calories, there are low calorie options, but maybe 
you just want a good meal that doesn't take 30 minutes to an hour to prepare, you can do that too. Factor can meet you where you want to be. You can customize your order however you want. There are so many options. And like for me, I'm really busy right now. Got a new job. I just did a lot of moving around, trying to do a side job, strong opinion sports. So for me, it's really valuable to go to my fridge and have a really good meal ready and waiting for me. You pull it out, you put it in the microwave two, three minutes later, you've got a great meal ready to go. I saved a lot of time. It's also cheaper for you and better than the other options. You've got 50% off with code SOS50 compared to takeout or delivery. Guys, those prices are not good compared to Factor. And again, if you want a high quality meal quickly, I recommend Factor. Go to factormeals.com slash SOS50 and use code SOS50 to get 50% off. That's code SOS50 at factormeals.com slash SOS50 to get 50% off. Given the value, given the ingredients, I think you'd be silly not to look into it. All right. Um, I got a text I want to read. Let's see. I have been, uh, is it from who I, I am hoping it's from? Wow, my texts aren't updating. I don't know why. That's very sad. I went on a really, really, I shouldn't admit this. I went on a date with like a really, really cool girl who's like, I don't want to say out of my league, but I'm dating up, yo. I went on a date with this girl who's like, wow. And I think she didn't text me. But, but, but you know, one could hope. Um, <laughs> let's talk. I Here's a thing I don't know how to, how to introduce. There was a couple. I have like one, two, three, four, five, six storylines that came across the NFL uh, this last week. Football world, maybe. Um, I don't know what to do with them. I want to share the headlines. We'll talk about them a little bit. And we'll call this like the news segment or something. Uh, first of all, the thing that really surprised me the most this week is apparently the 49ers were interested in bringing Tom Brady out of retirement. Brock Purdy got very honest, was talking about his postseason meeting with Kyle Shanahan after last year. Remember, Brock Purdy got hurt in the NFC title game. And I guess the 49ers were very honest with Brock Purdy. They said, look, we love you, Brock. You're probably our quarterback. However, if we can convince Tom Brady to come out of retirement, he's going to be our starting quarterback week one. Apparently, they tried to bring Tom Brady back. And Tom Brady, who grew up a fan of the 49ers, also knowing how incredibly talented the 49ers are, apparently Tom Brady said no to coming back to play for the 49ers. This was the story. First of all, I can't believe this isn't everywhere. I, I, I thought for sure when this quote was put out, it would be like the number one storyline all over the planet. Uh, it wasn't. But can you imagine if Tom Brady had played for the 49ers this year? I mean, the 49ers are a game away from the Super Bowl currently. Would they have been like undefeated? How much better would the year have gone if Tom Brady had been the starting quarterback for the 49ers all year? I think it would have been pretty incredible. And I'm, I'm actually a little bit sad we never got to see that. I, I would have really liked to see Tom Brady leading this really, really talented 49ers roster. Instead, we got Brock Purdy. I think it's fascinating that the 49ers told Brock Purdy that. They were honest, like, look, we love you, but if we can get Tom Brady, we're going to replace you for a year. And what's interesting is Brock Purdy basically sounds like he was like, yeah, that makes sense. He's kind of the greatest quarterback of all time. And if you want to bring in Tom Brady, I'll take it in stride. I'll ask him a lot of questions. I'll work with him. I'll learn from him. And whenever he's done, I'll move in and do my job again. But it sounds like Brock Purdy was open to that is not the right word. He he was he was 
if that had happened, Brock Purdy would have had a good attitude and just tried to take it in stride and learn everything he could from Tom Brady. And I will always be sad we didn't get to see Tom Brady play with Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, this really incredible defense the 49ers have. I think Tom Brady could have won another Super Bowl with the 49ers. And it's, you know, he would have had eight with, by the way, his childhood favorite team. Apparently, Tom Brady didn't really, really didn't want to play more football because I think that would have been an incredible opportunity for him. And it's unfortunate Tom Brady, unfortunate is the wrong word. He can do whatever he wants, but I would have liked to see Tom Brady playing in San Francisco this past year in 2023, now 2024. Uh, I have less to say about this next one. The Raiders have hired or are in the process of hiring Tom Telesco as their general manager, the guy who picks the players and decides who to draft and whatever. The Raiders made a move. They officially hired Antonio Pierce. We already know that. We love that. Um, but hiring Tom Telesco is interesting because Tom Telesco was a general manager of the LA Chargers, literally an in-division rival of the Raiders. And I thought Tom Telesco, some of the contracts he gave out weren't great. Like he's got Austin Eckler on an expensive contract and got a couple guys that are aging veterans on contracts that aren't great. But Tom Telesco overall was not the problem with the Chargers. The Chargers roster always had lots of talent. The problem was their coach, Brandon Staley. I think it's very possible the Raiders actually just hired a really good general manager. Like one that, because he got fired and it didn't end great, like Tom Telesco is probably getting blamed for a lot of things that went wrong with the Chargers organization under Brandon Staley. But Brandon Staley was a guy directing the players on the field. Tom Telesco picked the players who went onto the field. And I think Tom Telesco did a good job. So my gut natural instinct is, hey, the Raiders just hired a good general manager, Tom Telesco. And they get to pair him with Antonio Pierce, a head coach. I really like the direction the Raiders are heading in. One of my good friends, Robert, is a massive, massive Raiders fan, and uh, I think he should be happy. Like I, th- I think, actually, this is one of the best-case scenarios possible for the uh, the Raiders. And uh, Tom Telesco, he's certainly better than the guy they brought in from New England to pair with Josh McDaniels. Like I, I think the Raiders just got better at general manager and better at head coach with the moves they recently made, and uh, I'm excited about it. Tennessee has hired a head coach. The Tennessee Titans, so the Titans fired Mike Vrabel, who people really, really love, and all the comments on all the Tennessee Titans social medias, every time they post a a coach they interviewed, people would say, you know, Mike Vrabel's available if you want him back. (laughs) I get it. Um, Here's the problem with Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel's a defensive head coach, and Tennessee's got a really young, very talented quarterback, Will Levis, who I think with the right coach could get a lot of good out of him. So I think what Tennessee needed to do was hire an offensive coach, and that's exactly what they did. Tennessee has hired Brian Callahan as their head coach. Brian Callahan was the Bengals' offensive coordinator, working with Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor, and remember what they did with backup quarterbacks this year in Cincinnati. I don't know a lot about Brian Callahan. I'm not going to pretend to you and BS like, oh, I know where he went to college. I know, But what I do know is that he's an offensive head coach. Going to a team with a young quarterback, that makes me feel good. And if it goes well, you're not going to lose Brian Callahan. What what happens if you hire, like, D'Amico Ryans in Houston? He's an awesome head coach, but he's a defensive head coach. I think a lot of what went right for Houston this year was Bobby Slowick, the offensive coordinator, working with C.J. Stroud is fantastic. The bad news is, as 
CJ Stroud does better and better, Bobby Slowick's going to get an opportunity to leave Houston and become a head coach. What happens when you lose the offensive coordinator who made your young quarterback really successful? Kind of reminds me of Brian Dable leaving Buffalo. Brian Dable left Buffalo to become the Giants head coach. And what happened when he left was kind of messy. They fired Ken Dorsey, their offensive coordinator, midseason. They didn't really know what to do at offensive coordinator after Brian Dable left. I would argue the more valuable coach left Buffalo when Brian Dable went to the Giants. So the good news is, is Tennessee brought in a coach that if he does well, he's the offensive head coach, meaning you're not going to lose him. You're not going to lose the guy who works really closely with the quarterback. And I'm, I'm interested. I don't know that Brian Callahan and Will Levis is a really great pair in Tennessee, but it's interesting and it gives them a shot. And I like that Tennessee hired an offensive head coach, which I had to watch a lot of Mike Vrabel and Ryan Tannehill and Arthur Smith for a while. I hated everything that went on on offense in Tennessee for the last couple of years. And I'm really excited to see them at least make a change where they're trying to hire an offensive head coach and, and help develop their young quarterback in Tennessee. Carolina elevated Dan Morgan to general manager. Dan Morgan was the assistant general manager in Carolina. Um, Dan Morgan, I believe he was drafted by Carolina. I, if I remember correctly, he played, yeah, he played linebacker for the Panthers. Uh, I remember him from Madden back then. He was like, he was always a, a good linebacker to have. Um, Dan Morgan has gone from a player to assistant general manager for the Carolina Panthers for the last three years to now he is the general manager of the Carolina Panthers. I don't have a lot to say here. It's interesting they made an internal promotion, meaning to me, I I think a lot of people don't want to work in Carolina for David Tepper. They hired the only guy who would take the job, basically, and they hired internally. It's interesting. It's fascinating. Uh... Dan Morgan is the general manager and president of football operations. So they've given the keys to Dan Morgan to run things in Carolina. I don't know what that means exactly. They got an awesome young quarterback, Bryce Young. They've got an owner nobody likes and nobody seems to want to be the head coach in Carolina. We will see what Dan Morgan can produce and what kind of coach he hires. But I find it fascinating. Dan Morgan is on the general manager and president of football operations in Carolina. Um... Another thing that happened, the Jaguars hired Ryan Nielsen as defensive coordinator. Ryan Nielsen was the Falcons defensive coordinator. So he moves over from Atlanta to Jacksonville. Ryan Nielsen is now the defensive coordinator in Jacksonville. Yep, that's the news. Uh, And then one other story that is not an NFL story, but I still find really interesting. Ohio State hired Bill O'Brien as their next offensive coordinator. So Ryan Day is the head coach. He's an offensive head coach, works closely with quarterbacks. He's bringing in Bill O'Brien, which is weird to me. Like, as far as I know, they don't have any connection. (laughs) Um, I know that Bill O'Brien did a good job, in my opinion, as the head coach at Ohio State, or sorry, at Penn State, excuse me. Um, So he's coached in the Big Ten before. I I wonder, is this a move for recruiting? Like, they're like, hey, we're bringing in an NFL offensive mind to be our offensive coordinator. Is that going to help them recruit quarterbacks to Ohio State? I'm not really sure what's going on there. Um, I, I, I find it weird. I find this whole story weird because are they positioning Bill O'Brien to maybe eventually take over for Brian day? I, I, I don't know what to make of this move. And, uh, Bill O'Brien got hired by Ohio state. I just, the note here is that it's weird. I don't know what to do with this information. I'm like, okay, huh? Good luck. I guess. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. And, and even 
Is it possible two years from now Bill O'Brien is announced as a head coach of Ohio State? I would feel that way if I'm Ryan Day. Um, I don't feel secure in my job. And hiring Bill O'Brien, uh, I don't know, would make me feel more secure if I was Ryan Day. He did hire him, though, so it's it's weird all around. All right, uh, we got one more ad read today. How do you keep track of all your subscriptions? Can you tell me for sure how many subscriptions you have and who is taking money from you each month? Have you ever had trouble canceling a subscription or have you ever discovered you were being charged for something you didn't think you should be charged for? Well, Rocket Money can help you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with Customer Service Plus. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash SOS. That's rocketmoney.com slash SOS. That's rocketmoney.com slash SOS. All right. Um, let's look ahead to next weekend. I want to, are there, is there a game, are both games on Sunday or is there a game on Saturday and Sunday? Let's find out. In the conference championship, both games are on Sunday. The AFC title game is earlier. 12 o'clock West Coast time, which would be three o'clock on the East Coast. Kansas City will travel to Baltimore to play the Ravens. Chiefs, Ravens, it's the early game on Sunday, noon Pacific time. I like the Ravens to win here. I think the Ravens are a better team, more talented. But I'll tell you what. We are going to get a really, really fun game here. Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. The Chiefs went to a Super Bowl last year. Lamar's never been to a Super Bowl. It's a, it's just a great set of storylines. Is Patrick Mahomes really going to go to another Super Bowl with Kansas City? Remember how much people panicked? Like, myself included, week six, seven, eight, nine, middle of the year. How much Kansas City was struggling. They didn't have a number one receiver. They were a mess. Well, now Kansas City is a game away from going to another Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes, which is absurd. And uh, Kansas City definitely has a shot to win. I am personally rooting for Baltimore. I think Baltimore is a better team. I want them to win because I want to see Lamar get a Super Bowl ring. But man, I am always nervous when a team I want to win plays against Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City. Oh, by the way, I'm sure... Taylor Swift will probably be there. We get to watch Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, Jason Kelsey. All I, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I love the Jason Kelsey, Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey. This, the the drama that is their their family being thrust into the public eye. I can't think of a better family to be given a platform than the Kelsey family. Their mom is awesome. Jason Kelsey is a treasure. Travis, a little more of a playboy, but he's getting better. He's trying to be more like his brother. I just love the Kelsey family, and I, I have no problem seeing them and Taylor Swift and the, the camera constantly. I'm like, ah, I don't get the anger. I really don't mind it at all, and it's pretty cool. The late game, 3.30 Pacific time, 6.30 East Coast time. Detroit will go to Santa Clara to play the San Francisco 49ers, the Bay Area team. Um, 
Hopefully it's not raining. Because <laughs> if it's raining, we've learned Brock Party really struggles to throw the football. How crazy is it that this is true? This sentence I'm about to say is a real thing. The Detroit Lions are one game away from a Super Bowl. I, I don't know that the Lions are going to win. I think the Lions do have a shot to win, for sure. Especially watching the way the 49ers just played Green Bay. I think the 49ers are maybe, you could even argue, vulnerable. But man, what, can, what's, what if the Lions go to the Super Bowl? I don't think my heart can handle that. Because if they lose the, I, I would rather the Lions lose now than lose in the Super Bowl. I don't think I can handle Detroit losing a Super Bowl. I can handle Detroit losing an NFC title game and not quite making it. But I think losing a Super Bowl would be even more painful to watch a team that I, I so badly want to see do well. Personally, the Super Bowl I want, I think, is probably Detroit against Baltimore. But you can't really go wrong. You know, the 49ers going to a Super Bowl would be really cool, too. I, I really like the idea of Brock Purdy going to a Super Bowl and redeeming himself after getting hurt in the NFC title game last year. By the way, it's the second year in a row Brock Purdy is in the NFC championship game, which is crazy to me. Uh, <laughs> hopefully he doesn't get hurt again. But... uh I think anywhere you go, the only team I really don't want to see win another Super Bowl is is Kansas City. We've seen Patrick Mahomes host the Lombardi Trophy twice already. I'd like to see it go to Baltimore or Jared Goff and the Lions, which would be amazing. Or Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy winning a Super Bowl would be really, really cool. What if, what if we do get 49ers Kansas City, which would be a rematch of when Jimmy Garoppolo took the 49ers to a Super Bowl? Remember, Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't beat Patrick Mahomes. What if Brock Purdy did that, right? We saw Jared Goff did what Matthew Stafford could never do in Detroit, which was win a playoff game and win the division. What if Brock Purdy could do the thing Jimmy Garoppolo could never do, which would be win a Super Bowl to pat with the 49ers and even beating Patrick Mahomes? That would be fascinating to me. So I think almost no matter what happens here, it's going to be a fun Super Bowl with a lot of great storylines and... um you know, the only thing I'm not excited about for the Super Bowl is that week off, where there's a week between now and when the Super Bowl happens, where we got to talk about a bunch of nonsense and the Pro Bowl is happening, which no one wants to, I don't even want a, any kind of Pro Bowl events, I don't care. I, I just hopefully that between now and the Super Bowl, we get a lot of coaches hired, because that, that two-week stretch from the NFC and AFC title games to the Super Bowl I, I, your boy Zach, it gets kind of sad. I'm like, man, I miss football, and I, I don't care about the Pro Bowl at all. I gotta start watching basketball. I think I'm like, oh man, I don't know. So, um, I don't look forward to that that two week break between games. But you realize we have two Sundays left of football. We have Sunday coming up, January 28th, and then we've got the Super Bowl, and then that's it until next August. So you better enjoy this Sunday. And Super Bowl Sunday, because that's all we're going to get for a long, long, long time. All right. Um, let's end today's show with questions from Patreon. If you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash Zach Shomler. Patreon.com slash Zach Shomler. You donate a dollar a month. You can donate more if you want to. Please do. It literally does pay my rent. But a dollar a month gives you access to submit questions on Patreon. Now, I do not guarantee to read your question on the show. My only guarantee, I look at every single write-in with my eyeballs and I pick the top couple to read on the show. Question number one today comes from Michael. 
Michael's got a two-parter. We'll answer part one of his question and circle back to the football stuff. Michael says, fun question. What sci-fi series would you want to be inserted in the most? I.e. Dune, Star Wars, Star Trek, Stargate. Which sci-fi series? He says, would you want to be inserted into? I don't like inserting things into things. Makes me feel uncomfortable. So just say, what universe would you want to exist in, maybe, is a better way to put that, than inserting me into something, because that sounds really sketchy. Um, dude, Star Trek, though, for sure. <laughs> Star Wars is horrifying. You've got space wizards that can cut you with a laser sword. Stargate is cool. I like Stargate. It's just not as cool as... Um, I, I think Star Trek, like Dune, Stargate, they're all interesting, but Star Trek, to me... Does anyone know about um, how it works in, in Star Trek? You join the... Let me get it. I want to make sure I get the right... Is it Starfleet? Starfleet. Starfleet uh, is what it's called. In the Star Trek universe, similar to joining like the Peace Corps or a branch in the military, you can join Starfleet, where they send you off into space and your job is to explore. First of all, if there was any kind of you got the Peace Corps, I guess. I've never even considered. I've never even looked into joining the Peace Corps. Probably would have enjoyed it in my younger years. I'm committed now to like living life here. I'm, I One of my goals for 2024 is to live in the same general geographical location for an entire year. I'm not going anywhere. But if I could join a group where they would send me to get education and then they would send me off into space to explore things, to talk to aliens, to do science missions – to be a maybe you do combat sometimes but it's really more about like star it's a peacekeeping initiative which is what starfleet is in the star trek universe i would give anything i would give literally anything to join starfleet to 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 be part of that organization to get a place to live and get paid i guess and education and then allowed to go travel space and explore other planets and strange new worlds Sign me up in a heartbeat. I am so sad I'm alive in 2024 because I think if I was alive in like 2324 or maybe more like uh, probably 3,300, maybe the year 4,024, at some point in human uh, in the human future, we're going to be spacefaring. Now, unless we destroy ourselves with nuclear bombs and climate change first, maybe we won't make it to 4,024. But, like, at some point, if we can keep ourselves not dead as a species, we're going to be spacefaring, and I'm really sad I don't get to be a part of that. I'm, I'm one of the lame humans that we know about space, and we have these little computers in our hands we get to walk around with, and we get to dream about space. We get to watch TV shows and read books, and we're freer than you know, a lot of human civilization before us now. But I, I'll never get to go to space, and that makes me really sad, uh, and I would give anything in the world to be part of Starfleet and the Star Trek universe. Does that answer your question? I am sure it does. Now, he's got another second part of his question, though. Michael says, football stuff. I'm a Lions fan, and this has been the best few years of my fandom. I grew up with Matthew Stafford and Megatron, but none of those teams seemed like they were well-coached. This team does. Everyone, everyone rags on our secondary, and I admit they're the worst group on our team. But the last five weeks, they have closed out games when we needed them to. They had seven interceptions and a lot of points off them. They tackle well. They punch balls out. I saw four passes this week knocked away by our secondary, and there were at least that many last week. 
I get that our front seven gets so much pressure with Glenn's weird blitzes and that helps our defensive backs, but since Dallas, they have played better than I hoped. P.S. Matthew Stafford is definitely a Hall of Fame quarterback. He has the same amount of rings as Aaron Rodgers and was not in a competent organization until he moves on to another team, until he moved on to another team. Now he's been in the playoffs every year. He isn't hurt. This, this, I, I appreciate you. It's not really a question. It's a comment. Michael, this, this debate, the Matthew Stafford Hall of Fame debate has been like everywhere this week. It's been in all my comments, it's been all my DMs. It's been all over Patreon. I, I don't know why the Matt, people must've been having the Matthew Stafford Hall of Fame debate. Um, and I'm going to save what I have to say, because we do have a question about that. So we'll get to it in a moment. Joe writes in. Joe says, hey, Zach, might be a bit presumptuous to ask, but now that you're back in the Pacific Northwest and have your new job, what kind of goals do you have for the next month, the next six months, and the next year? Also, what did you think of Reacher Season 2? Love you and hope you made, can make it out to Spokane sometime this year. Would love to be a receiver for you and explore the city. Dude, definitely. Uh, Joe, my, my grandma is a very old woman. She is going to die soon. So I need to, in the next six months, make a trip out to Spokane because that's where she lives, that area. Colville, Washington specifically. About 45 minutes north of Spokane. So I guarantee I'm going to make a trip up there because I, I I'm getting nervous that if I don't go sooner than later, she's going to die and I'm going to miss her. Like, miss, like, the opportunity to see her one final time. I, I already said goodbye last time I saw her, assuming I'd never see her again, but she keeps ticking, and she's doing well. She waters a little garden. She walks around. She's very mobile for how old she is. I want to try to see my grandma one more time. When I do that, let's meet up. Let's get lunch. Let's throw the football around. Um, I think it's possible that I will not be alone on that trip. I might have someone with me, so... Uh, we'll all get lunch and we'll hang out and we'll take pictures and have fun. So yeah, man, uh, Joe definitely will meet up in the Spokane area within the next six months is all I can commit to really. Cause I got a lot of things I got to deal with. Um, I did, I have a list I, I want to read you. You asked about it. So, uh, I have goals for 2024 that you asked, here's the time to share it. Let's do it. We got to fill time. We got, there's only four football games to talk about this week and no coaches really get hired other than Tennessee. So here are Zach Schaumler's goals for 2024. Number one, get my own place to live. All right, I lived in a pickup truck. I lived with my ex-girlfriend's mom, basically. I lived in an apartment in Hawaii. I really want my own apartment. That would be really cool. Uh, it's a goal of mine. When I get my own apartment, the next goal is to get a kitten. I, I love cats. I'm not planning on... I have thrown my life into chaos so much in the last couple of years and moving around constantly and I, I want to just stay in one location for a while um and and be like a responsible mature uh suburban man basically once i get an apartment the next step in my head is to figure out how to get like a 10 week old kitten a kitten that's young enough i can mold it into my little cat who lays on my lap and i can hold on his back and teach him or her whatever kitten however i want it, the youngest kitten i can possibly get so they're still impressionable and I can train that to be my sweet little baby cat. And I can just have this little kitten I can love with all my heart. I, I understand now why single young women get a dog or a cat. Because they're lonely. They want companionship. They want something to give their love to. I want that too. I'm getting a kitten. That's uh, Once I get my own place, that is on the list next. Uh, I also want to get, I'd love to get a PS5 at some day, at some point. Like there's video games I want to play that 
I don't have money for. PS5 is so far away from my brain. Like maybe like November 2024, I'll get a PS5 or something. Uh, and I really, when I buy a PS5, I would want to get the PS5 Pro, which is going to come out this year at some point, which is more powerful. But PS5 is on the list. I want to finish Clone Wars. I want to watch House of the Dragon Season 2. I want to go camping on the Oregon coast and the Washington coast. I love camping in my truck. I want to stay at Edgefield. Edgefield is a hotel slash concert venue uh, in Troutdale, Oregon. I've stayed there before. It's a great place. I went there with people in my life before. They've got a really nice warm pool that's awesome. Uh, so I want to stay at Edgefield. I want to go to a concert. I want to go to a pumpkin patch because I didn't go to a pumpkin patch for the last three years. And I want that experience again. I want to watch a scary movie uh, in October. I want to enjoy Thanksgiving. I want to enjoy Christmas. I want to watch Dune Chapter 2. I want to watch Rebel Moon 2, which Rebel Moon, everyone hated on it. I really liked it. I want to go to Enterprise, Oregon for a weekend trip, take my truck, drive out there, look at some pretty, I believe, the Wallawa Mountains in Enterprise, Oregon. I want to make steak on the tailgate of my truck. Uh, I want to say yes to as many family events as possible, and I want to do something for 4th of July, for Memorial Day, and more importantly than anything, I want to stay in the Portland metro area. I mean, other than traveling, I want to live here and be here and build a life here. And that's my number one goal for 2024 is to try to be a responsible, mature adult, a suburban man, basically, who's doing the little things right to build the life I want to have. So those are my goals for 2024. I hope that makes sense, Joe. And uh, thanks for writing in. Barely competent, which is spelled bear like the, the team bear barely barely competent i love the name barely competent says yo yo have you watched any notable movies or tv shows lately recently i watched blue eye samurai on netflix and damn it was great it's like if you combine kill bill and mulan as a bears fan i live for the off season <laughs> that's sad and very true he says as a bears fan i live for the off season <laughs> That's how bad your team is. I, I understand. Uh, I can finally be somewhat happy again during the offseason. Also, are you ever going to bring back Zach Schaumler talking? I loved it because it was so relatable. You're such a genuine dude. Um, there's a lot to unpack here. First of all, I watched Reacher Season 2. I fucking loved it. Reacher, Reacher Season 2 is my show of the year so far. I mean, we're only we're January 23rd, but the last year of my life, I'll include 2023. I, I love Reacher Chapter 2. It's been, or Season 2. It's been awesome. It's so true to the books. It's been great. Um, I've never heard of Blue Eye Samurai. That's interesting. I should put that on my list to watch. Um, Zach Shelmer talking is not going to come back, but a replacement for it will. I have recorded five episodes of a podcast. You might, you might know the name Austin. Austin once did hockey content with me. Austin has the life I want to have. He's engaged. He's got a kid. His wife is really smart. I say his wife. He's not. He's not married yet. But they're they're married. They live together. They've got a whole child together. And um, his 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 he calls he calls his his on on the show. We haven't picked out the name yet. We're probably going to call it unchecked boxes. But um, on the show, I've been recording with Austin. We've got five episodes in the can recorded. He calls his fiance his ex girlfriend, which is funny. Um, Stephanie's amazing. She's way smarter than him, and he just. He's got the life I want. He trusts his, his lady. He's got a good job. He's got a stable life. He's got a kid. He's a great dad. I've seen him lie with his kid. He's such a good dad. I look up to Austin a ton. He's one of my favorite human beings on the planet. And so 
I wanted to bring Zach Schaumler talking back because I do really like talking about life. I like, I do think I'm a genuine guy. I like sharing the journey, but I didn't want to do that by myself anymore. Like, how do I, how do I incorporate uh, another human into Zach Schaumler talking? And then I couldn't think of a better person than Austin, a guy who we've done content before. He's really been good on strong opinion sports than when he's done guest appearances. And I was like, fuck it. Let's just make a show together. So at some point, uh, I don't know when, because I got a lot of editing to do. We've got five recorded and they're going to come out and you can watch or listen to that show, which is Zach Schaumler talking with a second microphone, meaning like it's another person that I get to bounce ideas off of. And it's, I think, really, really good content. We're finding our way. Like, I think ten episode 10 is going to be better than episode one, but it's it's a really good idea, and we have really good conversations. And I think the coolest thing about it is um, Austin's perspective is so different than mine, and I get to really bounce ideas off him, and it's really cool. So uh, that's going to come out at some point, and I hope you enjoy it. Please enjoy it. Uh, so barely competent. Zach Schaumler talking isn't coming back simply because I don't want to host a show by myself about my life anymore. Um, it's just a lot of work, but I can have a conversation with one of my best friends once a week and talk about life that way. And it's the same exact vibe. It's just not only me all the time. I think it's actually a better show. So, uh, yeah, that'll come out soon. I'll let you know when it's out. How's that? Justin writes in, Justin says, Zach, with a theory of the Super Bowl logo colors looking more and more likely to be the 49ers against the Ravens. My question to you is. Which matchups of the remaining four playoff teams would you like to see the most? Detroit Ravens would be actually, you know, honestly, I I want Detroit against Baltimore in the Super Bowl because it'd be fun. You know, Jared Goff, the Lions against Lamar Jackson and Baltimore, because I, I would not know who to root for. It'd be fun. Like, I think it would be I would be torn because I want both of them to win the Super Bowl. However, I do think the 49ers are a better team than the Lions. And I worry that Baltimore against Detroit would be a blowout. I think the 49ers stand a better chance of challenging the Baltimore Ravens. So I think the Super Bowl I want is the 49ers against the Ravens. Those are also the two best teams in football, in my opinion. But the reality is any of the options we could have, whether it's 49ers against Kansas City, because then you get, can Brock Purdy do what Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't do and beat the Chiefs in a Super Bowl. If it's the 49ers against the Ravens, that's an amazing game. If it's Detroit against Kansas City, you get a rematch of the first game of the year, which would be kind of interesting. The year would start with Kansas City against Detroit, and it would end with Kansas City and Detroit, which would be really fun. Remember, Detroit won that game. That Thursday night game in September, Detroit beat Kansas City to start the entire 2023 NFL season. That would be really fun. And then uh, Detroit against Baltimore feels like the worst possible matchup because I think that would probably be a blowout. I think Baltimore would destroy Detroit. Uh, hopefully not, but that's my fear. And uh, yeah, the, really the only matchup I don't want. Now that I say it out loud, I think Detroit-Baltimore doesn't have a clear villain, right? Like every Detroit-Baltimore, I like both teams a lot and I wouldn't know who to root for and I wouldn't be able to, I'd be sad and happy if either team won, and I, I don't want that pain. I want there to be a clear hero and villain. So I don't want Baltimore against Detroit, actually, the more I think about it. Joshua writes, and Joshua says, just wanted to let you know there's a football, soccer, football coach, meaning soccer for him, coach in the Premier League called Ange, oh God, I can't say this name, Poster Koglu. Poster Koglu. Ange Poster Koglu. I'm sure I said that totally right. Um, 
I don't. I know you don't care much for European football, but I think you would enjoy his personality and how he interviews too. There's a lot of similarities between him and Dan Campbell, who all football fans love, and is uh, it's having the same sort of effect over here. Culture really is the most important thing in coaching, isn't it? I watched Premier League soccer with my ex girlfriend. She was British. I I don't I don't love it. I watched it for her because it was fun, and their, her family loved it. I'm probably never going to watch Premier League soccer ever again, but I will look up this guy. I'll look him up and see what he has to say and then and maybe make a segment about it or something. Um, here's what I want to do, though. Uh, Joshua says in, in, a, in a postscript of his, his, his question, says, you asked him a part of the UK I was from last week, and I'm currently living in Loughborough, L-O-U-G-H, Borough. Loughborough, probably? Home to the NFL Academy, which is a cool thing, getting to see a lot of UK guys making it over to D1 colleges and live their dream. Love you, dude. Josh, I want to Google Maps Loughborough. Where the heck is this place? Let's find out. Is it? It's probably either a suburb of London or a town in the middle of England, uh, like somewhere like Leeds or Manchester or something. Let's find out. Let's look it up. But I see Loughborough University, London, so it's probably just a suburb of London. But let's let's look up Loughborough. Where is it? Loughborough is exactly what I thought it was. It's uh, wow, it's really in the middle. It's like so. It, in my head, I guess Manchester is closer to the ocean than I thought. Like, I have a friend who lives in Leeds, United Kingdom, which is like the middle of the country, uh, nearly exactly, basically. Then there's Birmingham, which is where Birmingham is Birmingham, not Birmingham, because I, I I lived with British people. They would always give me crap for it. In Washington, there's a town called Bellingham, and you say Bellingham. But in the UK, it's not Birmingham, it's Birmingham. <laughs> Birmingham. I don't know why they can't say ham. They put it in their word, but they don't say ham. And now that I'm not dating a British person, I can openly critique and have a lot of fun making fun of British people. But Loughborough is like the middle of the middle and... I'd love to go there. I really like the UK a lot. I'm kind of heartbroken. Like my, uh, well, here's what I'm, I, my ex and I talked about maybe moving to London or the UK at some point, And that would have been really cool. Cause I genuinely like British culture. And I really genuinely like the UK a lot, the way it's run the country. It's beautiful. I like the weather. I like so many things about the UK. Um, and if I can ever go Joshua, I say, fuck it. If I'm going to go all the way to the UK, I can go a little bit out of the way farther to come meet you where you are. Cause that would be so I'm not going to England and having friends in England and not going to see them. If you're going to travel all that way anyway, you might as well take a detour to go see people who know you. And I would love to come to Loughborough, United Kingdom and see this little tiny sleepy town in the middle of the middle. I take a train there and just, I, <laughs> I, I like the UK a lot. I thought I might live there someday. And, uh, that's probably now not going to happen because I, I don't have a hookup now. Like if I if I'd gotten married to someone from the UK with British citizenship, I could have could have married into it. Now I, I can't, and I'm not doing all that work anymore. But I definitely want to visit. I want to visit the UK badly. And if I ever do, let's definitely meet up and we'll get a pint and uh, have some really bad food because the UK food does suck. And uh, <laughs> we'll you know what we'll do? We'll get we'll get Indian food because that's that's truly what I've learned about British people. The best food in the UK is just stolen from other places like India. So uh, that's what we'll do. We'll get Indian food and a pint and have a good time in Loughborough if I can ever get myself over to the UK. Uh, Randolph writes in. Randolph says, 
Hey, Zack and Daxter. That's a great one. Jack and Daxter was my favorite. Jack and Daxter, the Precursor's Legacy, is genuinely my favorite video game of all time, and I love it. Uh, Randolph says, hey, Zach, what would you change, if anything, about the playoff structures of the NFL and college football? I personally think college football should expand to 16 teams with top seeds getting a bye, and the NFL is fine the way it is. Yeah, I agree. The NFL is exactly the way it needs to be. We're, we're switching to a 12-team college football playoff next year. I think 16 is even better because I, I don't want any more bowl games ever again. I want only college football playoff games and 16 teams is cool. That's I, I don't even know why we can't just have the top 20. 16 uh, probably probably doesn't work out math wise, but 16 teams makes total sense to me. I would like a lot to see a college football playoff with even more than 12 teams. Like 16 is plenty, but then I can watch every bowl game. They're all meaningful because you're, you're playing for something and it'd be fun and exciting. And that's exactly, exactly what I want. So uh, I agree. I want a 16-team college football playoff. There's a question I want to find. I, I don't have the name of the guy, so I want to make sure I can find it. Who wrote in this question? This question is from... Oh, man. I, I, I'm, I'm not quitting until I can find it. Uh, oh, Matthew's got a funny one, too. I want to read that one. But I'm looking for... A, the, I don't want to read this question without reading the name of the person who wrote it in. So I can find it, we're going to do it. But I am not seeing the name of... I'm not seeing this question anymore. I've got it in my notes. But I don't... I'm, I'm really disappointed. And uh, I'm going to give up. Somebody wrote in on Patreon. I don't know who. Because the name isn't in my notes. I don't know why. But they say, with the new NCAA football game coming out this year... Any chance of a Shamler dynasty with listeners participating as different schools? Uh, love the content. Hope you are well. I'm not going to make content about the NCAA football game, but not because I don't want to. It's simply because I don't have I, the the newest video game console I have is either a Nintendo Switch or an Xbox One, like the launch Master Chief Collection Xbox One. I don't have any new video game consoles at all. I've been too poor for years. I don't have a PS5. I don't have an Xbox Series X. I don't have a nice PC. I've got nowhere to play these new games, so I'm not going to play um, the new college football game when it comes out because I've no, I literally have nowhere to play it. But someday, if I can ever get my own apartment and a kitten and a PS5, yeah, I would love to make content about like the newer video games, especially NCAA. Would it be 2024? That'd be very cool. But right now, there are no plans because it's just not a realistic thing for me to do. Um. Andrew writes in. Andrew says, hot take. Quarterback play is overrated. It's the most important question by far. So he says, I say question. He says, quarterback is the most important position by far. It's a passing league, but quarterbacks are overvalued by casual fans. Everyone says that the best offense have the best offenses have the best quarterbacks. But that's just because everybody defines good quarterback play by having a competent offense. Jared Goff is a good example. Jared Goff is someone who is an elite level quarterback when not under pressure. Goff has been one of the Goff has one of the best offensive lines, so he plays really well, and everyone says the Lions offense looks great because Jared Goff is a great quarterback. The quarterback position is so important. However, if we pretend the Lions had a bad offensive line and the offense looked bad, everyone would say the Lions offense doesn't look very good because Jared Goff isn't a very good quarterback. The quarterback position is so important. Saying that the best quarterback 
best quarterbacks lead the best offenses, and then defining good quarterback play based on how good your offense plays is a textbook example of a circular argument. I guess I agree, Andrew, but I the I'm not going to fight against what the football world collectively agrees, which is that the quarterback gets more credit than they deserve, and they get more blame than they deserve. Right or wrong, that's how it works. And uh, I'm not going to. I hear your hot take, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to fight against it because it's just that's that's football. That's how it works. Like it or not. Um, they get paid a lot of money and they are the face of the franchise. So when things go poorly, someone's got to pay a price and it's the quarterback. Wow, we got two left, three left. Matthew writes and Matthew says, Hi, Zach. I've been thinking about the cartoon hero, Duty Man. I believe you've said on the podcast before that you'd love to be able to fly like a bird. My question is, would you still want the ability to fly if you, if you could only do it through poop Propulsion. So if you don't know the, the cartoon character Duty Man, you should look it up. Uh, he is a superhero who propels himself through the air by um, <laughs> by shitting himself. And it just it comes out and it's gross, it's everywhere, but it, it propels him through the air. Here's the problem, Matthew. First of all, I would love to fly, but at what cost? Do I want to fly with with poop coming out of my bunghole to, to propel myself. No, that sounds terrible. But on top of that, how much food do you have to eat to keep it going? Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's not, it's not feasible to, to have that much excrement come out of your behind unless you're eating like all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like the, on top of the laws of phys- physics being broken by you can't poop and propel yourself to fly the eating part of it. Like the, the literally the ability to create and I'm getting goosebumps saying this, the ability to create that much poop, because you watch the cartoon or you see the the drawings, he, he's not just, it's not like an occasional thing. It's like a lot everywhere. I don't think I could afford the grocery bills to make that much excrement. <laughs> so that's already out. No good. No bueno. Jay writes in. This is one we, are, we talked about Matthew Stafford earlier. Now we're circling back. Jay says, hi, Zach. I'm hoping you can settle a debate between my friend and I. It's about whether Matthew Stafford is a Hall of Famer. In my opinion, he is not a Hall of Famer. Here are Jay's reasons. Jay says, number one, winning a ring does not make you a Hall of Fame quarterback. If so, I can't wait for Trent Dilfer and Doug Williams to get in. Number two, Matthew Stafford has never won an NFL MVP and never been voted to an All-Pro team. To me, if you claim to be one of the best at your position, then you should win or be awarded one of these. Number three, Matthew Stafford has only been to two Pro Bowls in his career. I know the Pro Bowl isn't a great metric for greatness, but I think it says something that he's only been voted into two. Number four, Matthew Stafford has never led the league in any important statistical category, such as touchdown passes, passing yards, QBR, or passer rating. He's only ever led the league in passing attempts, completions, fumbles, and interceptions. Ooh, those are not, some of those are not good. Number five, yes, Matthew Stafford has broken a few passing records, but he's been in the most passer-friendly era of football. Number six, throughout his career, I would argue Matthew Stafford has never been a consistent top-five quarterback in the league. In the beginning, he was outclassed by Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Brett Favre, Big Ben, Phillip Rivers maybe, and Aaron Rodgers. And at the tail end of his career, guys like Brady, Mahomes, Rodgers, Herbert, etc. have all outclassed him. I don't want to sound like I'm dragging the guy down, Jay says. 
Matthew Stafford has been consistently good to a great quarterback, and many teams, my Vikings included, would have loved to have him be their quarterback. But the Hall of Fame should be reserved for guys who changed the game and were undisputedly the best at their position, which is something I don't think you can do with Matthew Stafford. He's a great player, but he belongs in the Hall of Very Good, along with guys like Jim Marshall, Steve Barkowski, and Jamal Charles. Would love to hear your thoughts. Sorry for the long post. Have a good one, Jay. All, I think all very valid things you said, Jay. Uh, Matthew Stafford is not a Hall of Famer right now. He's won one Super Bowl. He, You can absolutely tell the story of the NFL without Matthew Stafford. That's the way I value it. It's like, can, can you talk about the last 20 years of football without mentioning Matthew Stafford? Easily. So Matthew Stafford's not a Hall of Famer. He's not that important to the NFL story. Um He's not worth preserving in a museum as a statue, basically. That's it for me. That, that's literally, can you tell the story of the NFL without Matthew Stafford? Yes, so he's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. Here's the interesting thing, though. We're having this conversation way too early. He's not even retired. Matthew Stafford's still playing at the best football of his career. <laughs> Why is Hall of Fame a conversation? It must be really slow at the office. Like, I, I keep seeing... There must be podcasts and radio shows and TV shows talking about Matthew Stafford and whether he's a Hall of Fame quarterback or not. And I just don't know why you're even having this conversation. In like, I think he's going to play for like three or four more years. And in that time, he could win another Super Bowl. He maybe could lead the league in passing. He maybe could do a lot more stuff. I, I just don't think it's appropriate to have a conversation about whether Matthew Stafford's a Hall of Fame quarterback before he's even retired. He's not Tom Brady. Tom Brady's one of the only people. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. I don't know. There's only a couple guys. J.J. Watt. Guys who like, as J.J. where you're like, that guy's for sure a Hall of Famer before they even retire. You, you just know that's what's going to happen when they're done. But let's let Matthew Stafford's career like mature and develop before we even have that. Car. It's just too early for that conversation. And I don't know why it's being had at all. Lucas writes in. Lucas says, hey, Zacho. Hope your transition is going well. This is more of a rant than a question, but how do you feel about the bastardization of the purpose of NIL? It seems it's more just paying players to play rather than the point, which was allowing the players to make money through things like appearances, commercials, etc. I understand this is muddy, a muddy area, but just wanted to hear your thoughts. It just bothers me. It's still called NIL, LOL. Well, you're getting paid for your name, image, and likeness. It's actually inaccurate. You may not like that it happens and... I know players are getting paid for more than they're actually worth. They're getting paid as players, not as guys with a huge brand on social media to promote. It is bastardized, but it it works. I don't know. I, I don't have a... I, I hear you, Lucas. I get where you're frustrated, but like, what else do you want to call it? Um, it's They open the floodgates to allow players to get paid, and I think it makes sense. And... Uh, the justification is a name, image, and likeness, which is why it's getting called NAL money. And uh, I got, I don't know, I don't, I don't know. I just, Lucas, can I say this to you? I, I mean this respectfully. There's a great book called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And that book taught me that you got to be selective about the things you choose to give fucks about. Like, not everything is worth caring about. Not everything is worth getting riled up about. In fact, most things are not worth giving a fuck about. You should give a fuck about, like, the health of your family, going to family dinner, does your boss treat you very well, things like things that matter. 
<laughs> NIL money doesn't affect my life fucking at all. I don't, I don't care even a little bit. I don't give a fuck and neither should you, in my opinion. So I don't, I, I, the line, it just bothers me. It's still called NAL, but I, I don't even care enough to rant about NAL money. I guess I'm doing that right now, but you, you told me to do it. I, I don't care. And I, I don't think you should. I, it's, it's one of the things we have no control over in this world. And I, who, who cares? Like they can do whatever they want. And if they want to use silly terms and bastardize a phrase, Go ahead, football world. I got I got way more important things to give a fuck about than how NAL money is getting spent or who's getting what and uh, the minutia of it. I, I'm like, I, I, can I pay my bills? Does my boss treat me well? Is my family alive? Do they want to have dinner tomorrow? That's all that matters to me. And um, <laughs> I get your values in check. If if you're if you're bothered by NAL, it, you should find something else to care about. No, no, that sounds like an attack. I just think it's perspective that's valuable. Like, hey, choose the things to give a fuck about and choose things that. Um, affect your life every day because eh, this doesn't this doesn't affect anybody other than the guys getting paid. So I don't know. I don't know, man. This is my thoughts. Maybe maybe you're a fan of like a really high level football team though, and it does affect you because your favorite team is getting worse or better. So eh, again, you get to choose the things you give a fuck about, right? Um, but this is something I don't I don't care about at all. And uh, that's my thoughts, guys. I love you. I appreciate you. Hope you have a great day. Um, and uh, I guess I'll see you next week. Let's enjoy. We got two Sundays left of NFL football. And uh, that's a sad thing because I really, really have enjoyed this football season. The playoffs have been great. And uh, what was that song? It's called Beautiful Things by Benson Barnes. It's such a good song. Song of the week. Benson Barnes, Beautiful Things. Highly, highly recommend you listen to it. Guys, I love you. Hope you have a great day. And uh, ba-dum-bum. Bam, we are done.